Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. Since 2018, Big Philanthropy has offered great praise for one particular politician without an office to hold. Stacey Abrams, the Georgia Democrat who claimed her 2018 loss in an election for governor was marred by improprieties. Her claims of supposed voter suppression brought millions from liberal foundations and mega donors into the nonprofit voter registration group she founded, New Georgia Project, and brought directorships at prominent left wing groups like the Center for American Progress and Marguerite Casey Foundation. But now Politico, the trade newspaper for D.C. political types, has released a long expose on poor management and financial practices at New Georgia Project when it was flush with cash following Abrams' loss. Joining me to discuss these developments are my colleagues Parker Thayer and Sarah Lee. Uh, Parker, Sarah, welcome back. Hi, Mike. Thank you. All right, Sarah, uh, you're from Georgia. (laughs) Uh, So if you could set the background for us, who is Stacey Abrams and why did she become such a big deal? Uh, sure. So Stacey Abrams was the, she was in the House of Representatives here in Georgia for about 10 years. She was the House Minority Leader for about six years. Um, and just, just to be clear, it's the state legislature, yes, not that's the correct. U.S. House. Um, and so she was a minor sort I guess that's minor kind of political player. She, you know, she ran for governor a couple of times. That's why she's most well known because she lost to Kemp twice. Um, so uh, or she, or did she lose to Kemp, Secretary of State, and then lost to him for governor? I can't remember, but he, she lost to him twice. Uh, governor, it, uh, she did. She has lost to governor twice, twice because right. after eighteen, she ran again. Correct, which is why she left some of the boards that I just made. right. So, but for our purposes today, she is known as an incredible fundraiser, and so this New Georgia Project was a uh, an organization that grew out of a, it was a nonprofit that grew out of another nonprofit that she had started. And what they did back in 2014 were the first kind of complaints about what they were doing. They were registering voters. Um, and if you go back, this Politico piece is very interesting. And, and I won't, I swear I won't talk too long. I know sometimes I can roll on. Uh, but these complaints about um, how they were using their money, um, if they were disclosing what they were spending their money on, these go back to 2014. So essentially, she is known in Georgia as a woman who helped flip Georgia from being deeply red to pretty purple uh, mm-hmm. through the use of these nonprofits. New, new uh, Georgia is the most prominent, I believe, got the most money from outside sources, which I know Parker is probably going to talk about. And a lot of that money and a lot of that money flooded in after her first run for governor when she made all these accusations that the election was missing. That's right. So um, she's known, and and just in terms of what she's very good at, she's an incredible fundraiser. How she did all of that, I'm not sure. She's not from Georgia. She's from like Madison, Wisconsin. She has ties to Georgia. I think her family came down here when she was fairly young. Uh, but you know, she's a Yaley. She has a very elite education. She's quite bright. Um, she's a novelist. So, um, but she has a really big hand in how Georgia politics has been playing out. So, so that's her kind of background. Um, and then in terms of what the Politico piece is about, I'll just let Parker kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, this Politico piece kind of expound, expands upon a, a long history of problems that have been widely publicized with the new Georgia project since, I mean, essentially when it was created, uh, for the longest time, 
the New Georgia Project was basically known as the tax-exempt headquarters of Stacey Abrams' campaign. And it was used as such, I think, around 2018, the 2018 election, I believe it was. Uh, New Georgia Project volunteers were going out and putting, uh, you know, little door knockers, those little annoying things that you they, they put them on your door handle and you can't quite get them off the first try and you always have to mess with them and then you end up throwing them out. Those things, the really annoying ones. They were putting those things on people's doors and they had lists of candidates for whom those uh, people should vote. You know, they're going to the, uh, let's say, demographically concentrated neighborhoods outside of Atlanta and uh, putting these knockers on. And they, they essentially said, vote for Stacey Abrams. That is not a tax exempt function. It's not a thing that charities are allowed to do. Um, so this was. Dragging. But but New Georgia Project does have a associated with at least um, the political. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, they do also have a C4. Stacey Abrams has an extensive uh, nonprofit network throughout Georgia, um, which is, of course, why she is so powerful. Um, not that these nonprofits would ever dream of doing partisan things, of course, um, but they did do partisan things and they got dragged in front of the uh, Georgia ethics entity, whatever the name of that uh, specific commission, commission the ethics well. commission. Um, and were, you know, found in violation of that rule. Uh, they also had problems with, uh, in this particular political article, what they're alleging is that um, basically finances were handled poorly from start to finish. There were um, payments being made via visa prepaid cards that were handed out to employees and to seemingly non-employees. Um, employee benefits weren't properly accounted. Um, time sheets weren't properly kept. Um, pretty much nothing with that could have been done right was done right and it's it's not oh the payroll the payroll stuff too don't forget it's not particularly challenging to get these things correct um most nonprofits do get it correct uh the new georgia project did not uh certainly that would not be a reflection upon its leaders of course because they're highly competent and um, i was assured they were the acting governors of georgia at one point but then they weren't i don't know how that will work out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but Nisei Ufat, the, the CEO of this, there were scandals involving her paying uh, consulting firms owned by her uh, you know, family members, exorbitant fees. Uh, she was chasing off white employees to this. Now, that now this is not this is not Abrams personally. Yeah, Nisei this Ufat, is, what, is this this yeah, is she the, was the, yes. the business head of the New George Project and kind of. Stacey Abrams, yeah, right-hand woman. Um, Abrams left, uh, you know, yeah. to run for governor, she, I think. She right? left and came back and left and came back, I believe, after right. she ran for various offices and failed. And don't forget um, Warnock. <laughs> and yeah. Warnock. Warnock was involved in this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now now, now, U.S. Senator yeah. Raphael. Um, so, uh, you know, there was also problems with Nisei Ufat chasing, uh, being so overtly racist to white employees um, and then having group chats with, uh, you know, senior leadership there about how to chase them away. Um, and get them to leave New Georgia Project without litigation being involved. I mean, it was, this organization is pretty much everything that is wrong with the nonprofit get out the vote world, where um, it is clearly a partisan cutthroat operation. So yeah, let's, let's, yeah. let's move to, to sort of where New Georgia Project fits in the broader universe. Parker, you released, I guess a month ago now, the big, a, a big long expose report for Capital Research Center on voter registration projects. Yeah. What what can we learn about the sort of broader charities in elections game from what we saw? Yeah. With New um, and, you know, the, the voter registration project was the, the main hub, uh, organizational hub of the, the, you know, partisan voter registration initiative that I was able to discover. Um, and in 2018, the year that I mentioned uh, when they were found doing all of this partisan stuff, their main donor... Uh, in fact, I think it was well over 75-ish percent of their funding came from 
just the voter registration project. Um, oh, the new new voter registration project to yeah. New Georgia. Um, so New Georgia is, uh, you know, the, the hub of, um, you know, state get out the vote organizing. And it was founded by the, you know, the leading candidate of numerous different races in that state. Um, and this is, the she also where, was, she was also helping other Democrats. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, this is not an exception to the, this is not an exception at all in the voter registration space. This, this, all of the, all of these get out the vote organizations just so happen to be staffed by former heads of the democratic party in, in, you know, whatever state they're working in people who were longtime campaign aides and, uh, you know, partisan for-profit consultants, uh, for get out the vote drives for, the partisan side of the uh, get out the vote world. Um, so the New Georgia project is, is, you know, most widely publicized, most famous because of uh, its founder and its various scandals. Um, but I, I don't anticipate, I don't expect that in the long term we will find that the New Georgia project was particularly unusual in its financial mis- mishandlings and, um, you know, internal HR debacles, let's call it. Can, can I say something about that for just a second? What I found interesting about the Politico piece, as Parker mentioned, New Georgia has been called before the state ethics board here in Georgia, or commission here in Georgia. They've sued to to kind of stop that case from going forward because they have found that ethics board has approved it to move forward, right? Um, the Politico article was fascinating because it's talking all about how New Georgia Project is investigating itself, <laughs> So like in the face of all of these scandals, which I, my research shows it goes back to 2014. Um, they were like, okay, you know what? We're just going to investigate ourselves and we'll clear it all up for well, you. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, this is, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, Democrats love it when corporations investigate themselves <laughs> uh, in other circumstances and they, you know, do not feel that government regulators need to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh is that in fact the case? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it kind of connects back to what the original scandal of the New Georgia Project. And this one's a really old one. Sarah might not even know about this one. Is uh, oh, Bring it on. Back when it was first created, New Georgia Project's first major hurdle, their first big scandal, was that they claimed to have registered and, uh, you know, uh, delivered to the polls hundreds of thousands of voters. Um, of one. I do know about that party. one. They had not there, there's dropped. a really good Parker. I'm going to send you after we're done. There's a really good article from a very left leaning magazine here in Georgia called Creative Loafing that that writes about all of that. So yeah. I'm going to send that to please, you. Please, 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 please copy it yeah. to both of us so it can be added to today's show, show notes and our listeners can um, read it. But essentially, what, what what came out of this was uh, they had promised their donors very big things. They told their donors they were achieving very big things. And at the end of it, it turned out they had registered a few thousand voters. Um, the internal uh, and later on, uh, as I discovered in my VRP research, the New Georgia Project was then used as an example of poor quality control in voter registration um, initiatives. Everybody wanted to avoid being New Georgia Project. And then they brought in, you know, new staff and et cetera. And Stacey Abrams left and started campaigning and they thought everything was good. Apparently it was not. Um, big shock, I know. Um, but uh, a part of the reason why they, this, I, I'm sure they're doing this internal investigation is not because they feel bad about what they've done and all the partisan activities they've engaged in and all the people they've driven away. 
that has nothing to do with it. And I would not expect them to be capable of shame. What they're really upset about is that they haven't been effective enough. And that uh, money that is mm. supposed to be achieving partisan results is being spent on the founders, or, or not the founders, but the, the former executive director who was fired the, last yeah, year. The executive, former yeah, she was executive. fired without notice last year, by the way. Um, that she was spending money on her brother and on herself um, and on uh, personal expenses from the organization's funds. Um, this sounds like another organization we're very familiar with and we've <laughs> written a lot about, Black Lives Matter. It does sound a lot like that. And they have quite a, quite a bit to do with one another, um, very much involved in the same uh, rhetoric, same political message, um, and same kind of uh, quasi-partisan self-enriching activities. Yeah, the 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 um, so with the 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 voter with the voter registration project, um, you know, there there. How do we know that the intention is partisan? With with all of the, I mean, I mean, we can, yeah. I mean, we can reason. Everybody guess. knows, it's but like, you don't you know. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 there was a. Like I, I remember there having been a memo. I want to say it was Mind of uh, yeah. I think you'd be right. Put about out that. that put out that that was particularly yeah. egregious in this manner. Um, yeah, Came right out and said it. For, for those who are familiar with the report, and those who uh, well, for those who aren't familiar with the report, I hope all of our listeners are at this point. Um, the it will be in today's show notes. Um, the uh, what we found was that this voter registration project that was funding the New Georgia project so heavily back in 2018. Um, and other years as well. Uh, what we found was that uh, in the emails of John Podesta uh, from Hillary Clinton campaign fame and also the Center for American Progress, um, as the campaign chairman of Hillary Clinton's campaign, he was uh, directing the donors behind these organizations uh, to use nonpartisan voter registration to aid the Clinton campaign. And then later on, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's mom of Mind the Gap, a super PAC, uh, sent a memo to all of their donors and told them, you know, these get out the vote nonprofits are extremely good at accomplishing partisan results. In fact, they're the best thing we know of for accomplishing partisan electioneering results. Um, so fund them heavily, uh, but keep it secret because we don't want people knowing about that, especially those dirty Republicans. Right. Because, because the scandal, the, the scandal is that charitable money is explicitly not supposed to go to yeah. election Outcome exactly. Influence. Billionaires shouldn't get tax write-offs for giving to politicians. And that's basically what these voter registration initiatives are, is gifts to politicians, uh, you know, and you, and you can get down and dirty. You can target to specific neighborhoods and specific states. I mean, that is basically just tax spending. That's tax Right, right. The everybody votes campaign that was not working in every state, as I recall <laughs> exactly. you having spoken and they about. And this is my favorite part, is they profess to care so much about, um, you know, Minority communities. It's how they, they they cloak everything in the language of we're just trying to help underrepresented communities, but they're not registering people in Louisiana and Michigan, or in uh, in uh, they are registering people in Michigan, um, in Mississippi, which are two of the most you know, uh, the, the the for lack of a better word, the blackest states in the country. They have the largest percentage of African Americans in the nation. They're not registering people there. Um, you know, they're they're focusing only on swing states. It's very partisan, um, and the New Georgia Project is just goes directly along with that. And that's probably why they were so heavily favored by the voter registration project, because the voter voter registration project, people knew it was partisan. And also I should add, Mind the Gap, they sent out another memo in 2024. They're going to do this again. They, they have, they are not, 
being shy about this at all. The, well, the memo is still secret, but it was leaked to a reporter by the name of Teddy Schliefer. Um, you know, the New Georgia Project might be down. I don't, and as is much of the get out the vote empire as the- well i'm sure their self-investigation is going to really <laughs> condemn them condemn yeah. them right well well and, that, and it's interesting that you bring up that you know they're kind of you yeah, know, down, down for now they're because, not also because right well because you know we've seen these very interesting <laughs> demographic voting yeah. trends where especially latino and asian american to a much, much lesser extent in African-American communities where there's more receptiveness to the Republican message and more receptiveness yes. to voting Republican. And then, you know, lo and behold, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's announced that I think it was, was an open society was cutting back some 60 million in, in Hispanic voter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 67 million. I think it was, um, you know, these these voter registration groups have have had a long history of you know dating back to Acorn back in the day for those who remember that they've always been bad they've always been you know uh, rowdy uh, not in compliance with IRS rules they because they don't really think of themselves as tax exempt organizations I think I think they think of themselves as partisan operations and you know IRS rules be damned and 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 and, and let's be clear if it was the Democratic Party of Georgia going around, finding people they think are going to vote for Democrats mm-hmm. and registering them to vote, that would be Absolutely. perfectly fine. It would be fine. perfectly fine if it, that was, would be that, that if would it be, was Joe that would be their on job. the corner of the street. You know, if you want to do this on your own, it, it, it's fine. But don't, you know, once you try to claim tax exempt status for it, that's, that is basic, that's a subsidy. <laughs> you know, this is not, yeah, and also not activities the, the we need notion, to be subsidizing or should be. I think philosophically too, this idea that I agree with both of you, that they actually think they're, doing the work of a charity in terms of like, we're doing a civic good. Um, That's what they think. But then when, you know, layered with Parker's research, which discovered that, well, you're only doing that civic good for some people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a, it's a terrible sort of lie. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you're doing, I mean, I, I am of one of my, more controversial beliefs is that McCain-Feingold was a terrible law that made politics way, way worse. (laughs) And part of McCain-Feingold was in order to try to keep money out of politics, ha, 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 we were going to basically severely curtail the ability of political parties to do political party stuff, register voters, knock doors for candidates, get, you know, get people out handing out slate cards saying who to vote for. Uh, and we were going to get money out of politics by making it so that you couldn't give so-called soft money to political parties uh, as opposed to hard money to candidates. Um, and that was going to make everything a whole lot less corrupt. And instead, what we got were these, you know, first we got the 527s, America coming together in 2004 with George Soros and Peter Lewis. And then we got, you know, the Democracy Alliance. We got the, you know, on the right, we got the Koch Network. Uh, we got... Oh, who was the environmentalist guy? Tom Steyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a private political machine for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up with these, uh, Bloomberg has one. You have these private political machines. Yeah. Is that really better? And, and then some of them are tax subsidized and ta- and use tax exempt forms. Is that really better than just having political parties that were honest and open about what they were, namely political yeah. parties? <laughs> it's, it's, it's much worse. And I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm of the opinion, make smoky room smoky again. 
Because when the smoky rooms are not smoky, the political organizing is done by nonprofits, which I should remind everybody, nonprofits in the United States can accept donations from anybody. They can accept donations from Chinese tech billionaires, Russian oil oligarchs, Saudi oil sheikhs. This is not, you know, what? Swiss, Swiss pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical billionaires executives. by the name of Hans Erd Weiss. Not that I know of anyone specifically who would be. Well, isn't that some of the New Georgia Project problem? I think that's what the Ethics Commission is actually looking at is the lack of transparency mm-hmm. in as much as they were, they were not being transparent about not only their, their funding, just the amount, but how they were using it. If yeah. they were using it for partisan means, they just weren't. Yeah, they it, weren't telling anybody anything because nonprofits have a more sort of uh, opaque way of operating. Yeah. Right. Um, because because the understand because the expected understanding is that they are not going to do this sort of especially five hundred one c threes especially charities. Okay, social welfare organizations, so called five hundred one c fours, they have a little more leeway. But 501c3 charities are not supposed to be involved in getting people elected to office. Or even, in my opinion, they shouldn't be involved in getting people out to vote either. Because as we see from the New Georgia Project and countless other examples through nearly 20 years of operations, these organizations cannot be trusted to handle that ring of power responsibly. Nobody can. Because when you <laughs> nice when you, when you have... Uh, when, when you have these tax-exempt organizations, being tax-exempt makes you very cost-effective. And people who want to money, you know, politics is in money. So money will always be in politics. And when people want to put their money into politics, they want to do it cost effectively. And nonprofits allow them to do that with very little disclosure. And they can do it from international, uh, you know, funding sources. That's the nightmare scenario of all campaign finance um, hawks before pre-McCain-Feingold. And now that's just the reality we have now. <laughs> Sarah, any final any final thoughts? Um, you know, it's interesting to me. I love that Parker's research has, you know, started to uncover some of this. And I think the messaging on this is difficult because as Parker just said, this just is the way it is now. That's what we have now. So I wonder what the magic sort of rhetoric is to convince people like this isn't great for our political system. I mean, it's so esoteric. We talk about it amongst ourselves, but we know it really well. So when we we use the language that we have to use to discuss it, we understand each other. I think that's a hard message to get out to the American public. So I'm just yeah, curious I mean, I mean, what the, whole, the magic was, rhetoric is. That was sort of the whole idea with, with McCain-Feingold is we were going to solve the problem by getting the money out. But as Parker said, as long as the the federal government is handing out literally trillions of dollars to various interests. State governments are handing out billions. You know, people are going to want a piece of the action and they're going to find whatever method they can to get it. And the more that we take away from, for all their faults, political parties are at least somewhat democratically operated. Political parties are at least somewhat transparent about some of their operations, certainly more so than a charitable organization that is supposed to not engage in electoral politics. And it's there's an honesty about a political party. The political party exists for a purpose. It exists to get certain people elected to do certain stuff. And that that maybe some of that honesty being being missing is is part of the problem here. And I'll give yeah. Parker the last word. I mean the the magic rhetoric on this scenario I I think is the New Georgia Project proves charities should not be involved in elections and billionaires should not get tax write-offs for political contributions. Everyone can agree on that, I think. 
Um, and these, all you, all you have to do from there is make the case that these non, these, these charitable get out the vote organizations like New Georgia Project um, are political, you know, partisan political entities. Once, and from there, I think the path is clear. As uh, we need to stop accepting that, you know, for a long time it has been well. We know they're partisan, and uh, there's nothing really we can do about it because that's just how the way the law is. Currently, I think we need, I think there needs to be a change to the status quo there. There needs to be a realization that, you know, the pre pre McCain Feingold was better. That's how politics ought to be. We should return, return to McCain Feingold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again to my colleagues, Sarah Lee and Parker Thayer for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. (laughs) 